This is Frankly Speaking Podcast. What it do, what it do, what it do. We back. This is Frankly Speaking Podcast. I'm your host. Frank G and that track is uh it's called Numb it's by Young Carts and I'll link the um link to the to the thing in the notes you know and the reason why I chose that track because after the the couple of pieces of information that we're going to cover on this podcast episode is it kind of made me feel numb. <laughs> kind of made me feel numb, to be honest. You know, and um, it's going to be a strictly tech, as in technology episode. There's some disturbing things going on that I've been monitoring myself, keeping an eye on, because these are the the tech is where the real devil in the detail is. You know what I'm saying? And I I don't, you know, sometimes when you, you know, keep an eye on this stuff, it it gets to, it gets, it gets to you. It gets to me sometimes. I I, I mean, maybe I just, you know, I just speak for myself. Um, But yeah, man, it it just, you know, I don't know how else to sugarcoat that one. But, um, yeah, I hope all of you are doing well. You know, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, I hope that um, you have been making strides for yourself, finding new things out about yourself and your abilities that you hold within yourself. You know, all the things we talk about here on Frankly Speaking Podcast. So, you know. I don't know if, as I was alluding to, and I'm not sure if any anyone listening has been keeping up with the tech side of things that's been going on. But um, there's a there's a lot of it's just so much to keep up with. You know, you got so many different realities going on at the same time, and it it is truly disturbing you know you go on these websites you know especially if you're monitoring some of the reputable you know not even reputable but because who's to tell you who's reputable who's not outside of those who are getting financed by some of these tech corporations and big pharma etc etc usually those are you know your new york times and all those kind of major publications they're always getting financed they're on the payroll so those ones i don't know if you can really call that reputable you know journalism if you're getting paid by the people in the industry to write the you know to write the the piece you know it's kind of conflict of interest 
if you're like me and you monitor the alternative news and you look at the world news on these alternative sites and things like that, you see a, a very disturbing picture happening. You know, and for example, I'm as I'm speaking to you all here now, I'm looking at the Epoch Times webpage, right? And, you know, they do some good journalism, you know, but all of these alternative news sites always, they going to have their own biases and agendas and things like that. Uh, so you still have to use the same scrutiny that you would use on the, definitely use on the mainstream media pages, you know, um, but just searching through here, you know, you, you see, for example, you know, just on the world news tab on Epoch Times, you know, I try to peruse that, you know, in other sites, you know, I always try to keep up with what's going on around the world instead of being in this bubble that we tend to be trapped in here in the States. Uh, but, you know, for example, Japan warns citizens, quote, Japan warns citizens to shelter after reports of North Korean missile fire, unquote. That's the title. Uh, one of the headlines there. Um, heavy rains in Thailand. Another headline, you know, uh world's first mrna vaccine for foot and mouth disease and it seems like that's in australia you know what i'm saying so uh you know this is where you know we want to you know try to keep an eye on as much as possible because a lot of this stuff gets floated out here and we have no idea you know so but this episode, what we're going to um, kind of take a look at, and I'm, I'm going to read from a couple of, a few articles here. Uh, I won't deal with all of the article, uh, maybe a, two or three of them here I have. So I'm going to try to get through them. One of them is a little long, uh, not that long, but. You know, it's got some I got a re- little bit of reading to do to you to you all. So uh, but what I wanted to focus on is the technology that we're using every day and how and why that technology is free and why it's being pushed, you know, in the manner that it's being pushed. And specifically. Open source intelligence is what I'm going to start off with. So we're going to go from, you know, open source intelligence, what that is and how it's used. And then, you know, from there, we'll go wherever, you know, I have a like I said, I have a couple of articles here. uh, You know, that's um, in the winds after that article. So we'll see how far we get before. You know, we call it quits for this episode, you know, so, so let's jump into the first article here. What is open source intelligence and how is it used? And again, you can find all these, um, the articles, information, everything that I read from, quote from, 
uh, mention it'll all be in the show notes for your own edification and research um, added to your own library and you can find this article at recordedfuture.com and it was posted uh, this year in February so fairly new article and when you go to the article you'll see it has some key takeaways uh, it kind of gives you bullet points pretty much of you know what it is and you know kind of before you get into the article but we're going to jump right into it here uh the first part says what is open source intelligence quote before we look at common sources and applications of open source intelligence it's important to understand what it actually is according to u.s public law open source intelligence is produced from publicly available information is collected analyzed and disseminated in a timely manner to an appropriate audience and the third bullet point here says addresses a specific intelligent requirement it goes on to say quote the important phrase the important phrase to focus on here is publicly available. The term open source refers specifically to information that is available for public consumption. If any specialist, any specialist skills, tools, or techniques are required to access a piece of information, it can't reasonably be considered open source. Crucially, Open source information is not limited to what you can find using the major search engines, web pages, and other resources that can be found using Google certainly constitute massive source of open source information, but they are far from the only sources. Quote, for starters, a huge proportion of the Internet, over 99 percent, according to former Google CEO Eric Smith, cannot be found using the major search engines. It's also called Deep Web. Is a mass is this is also called Deep Web is a mass of websites, databases, files and more that for a variety of reasons including the presence of login pages or paywalls cannot be indexed by google bing yahoo or any other search engines you care to think of despite this much of the content of the deep web can be considered open source because it is readily available to the public in addition there are plenty of freely accessible information online that can be found using online tools, tools other than traditional search engines. We'll look at this more later on. But as a simple example, tools like Shodan and Census can be used to find IP addresses, networks, open ports, web, webcams, printers, and pretty much anything else that's connected to the internet, end quote. 
So with that little bit, you know, those two paragraphs that I just read, especially that last piece there. So you they have just laid out pretty much anything that is public and not behind a firewall per se or login pages or anything like that is open source. And that means, as again, can be used. There's two uh, tools that they just named that it seems like it's open to anybody. I guess you just have to pay for them. Um, It can be used to find someone's IP address. You know, your IP address is pretty much your fingerprint on the Internet. So your phones have IP addresses, your laptops have IP address, anything that connects any device that connects to the Internet has an IP address networks so your um, wi-fi network you know is an example of your network any open ports webcams that come built into every laptop and uh, you know smartphone you have they all have webcams and they're all readily findable and accessible printers and everything else so we already kind of see that where this is you know what open source intelligence is and how you know nefarious this thing can really be but you know with all technology it's all a double-edged sword so the article continues to go and it and i'm gonna quote again quote information can always be considered open source if it is bullet one published or broadcast for a public audience for example, news media content or social media, Twitter, Instagram, you know, anything that's public, TikTok, all that stuff. Available to the public by request. They have they give the example of census data. Available to the public by subscription or purchase. Could be seen or heard by any casual observer again your page being public on instagram your page being public on twitter all that is open source you see reddit all of it you know and it it makes me kind of beg the question are these applications truly applications that are for the people to communicate or are these applications uh data mining applications, surveillance applications. There's a few more bullets here. Uh, Made available at a, quote, made available at a meeting open to the public. And the last one is obtained by visiting any place or attending any event that is open to the public. The article goes on to say, quote, at this point, you're probably thinking, man, that's a lot of information unquote and it is a lot of information like that's just think about how much people post on social media all the time and also keep in mind what's happening with the censorship on these social media platforms all right the article goes on to say quote and you're right we're talking about a truly unimaginable quantity of information that is growing at a far higher rate than anyone anybody could ever hope to keep up with 
even if we narrow the field down to a single source of information, let's say Twitter, we're forced to cope with hundreds of millions of new data points every day, unquote. And just let's just stay here with Twitter. I mean, the the app, the application of Twitter is in and of itself. I, I mean, you have thousands of tweets every second, millions of people and just in this country alone use Twitter. Nowhere else will you, is there no other country has a Twitter like the U.S. Twitter, how open it is, how you can pretty much you can find anything and everything you looking for on Twitter by itself. You know, saying you got political stuff on Twitter, you got truth on Twitter, you got, you know, people making up stories, fighting, canceling porn uh the dark web you know access to them sites on twitter you know your your alternative news sites your mainstream news sites you know sports <laughs> on and on and on and on people tweeting about everything and anything under the sun as soon as you go out of the u.s you no longer have access to all those things because in most of these countries around the world twitter is uh regulated like in China and some a lot of the Asian nations, they regulate Twitter a lot. So you're not going to find porn and that kind of thing on their Twitter. They're going to find more uplifting, positive things um, that are more ethnocentric to their area. All right. So the article goes on to say, quote, this is, as you probably gather. Is the inherent trade off of open source intelligence. As an analyst, having such a vast quantity of information available to you is both a blessing and a curse. On one hand, you have access to almost anything you might need. or But on the other hand, you have to be able to actually find it in a never-ending torrent of data. Next section here, how is open source intelligence used? Number one. Ethical hacking. Let that sink in. What is ethical hacking? But number one is ethical hacking and penetration testing. Again, what is ethical hacking? How how is hacking anyone's data ethical? But, quote, security professionals use open source intelligence to identify potential weaknesses and friendly networks so that they can be remedied before they are exploited by threat actors. So let's stop there. They want to hack your thing before someone else hacks it to make sure that it's, you know, unhackable going forward. Now, I get on the surface, that's all, yeah, you you know, you're testing the, you know, the strength of the network. I get it, but there, no. So the real hackers, they, as you just heard right there and you read and if you go and get the article yourself, the real hackers are the ones that are claiming to be the ones that are trying to help you. So they're hacking your data 
And what do you think once they hack in to test your system or test the networks, what do you think they're doing with your information once they're in? You think they're just, oh, okay, you know, we got in, so we're going to just patch it up. We're not going to look at anything. We're not going to extract anything. You're sadly mistaken if you think that's what's happening. So it goes on to say, quote, commonly found weaknesses include accidental leaks of sensitive information, like through social media, open ports or unsecure internet connected devices, unpatched software, such as websites running old versions of common CMS products, leaked or exposed assets, such as proprietary code on paste bins. All right. And then it goes on to say, you know, uh, identifying external threats. But then it goes on to uh, this last piece that I'm going to deal with with this article, the dark side of open source intelligence. At this point, it's time to quote at this point, it's time to address the second major issue with open source intelligence. If something is readily available to intelligence analysts, it's also readily available to threat actors. Threat actors use open source intelligence tools and techniques to identify potential threats and exploit weaknesses in target networks. Once a vulnerability is identified, it is often an extreme quick and simple process to exploit it and achieve a variety of malicious objectives. This process is the main reason why so many small and medium-sized enterprises get hacked each year. It isn't because threat groups specifically take an interest in them, but rather because vulnerabilities in their network or website architecture are found using simple open source intelligence techniques. In short, they are easy targets. Quote, and, all, and open source intelligence doesn't only enable technical attacks on IT systems and networks. Threat actors also seek out information about individuals and organizations that can be used to inform sophisticated social engineering campaigns using phishing, vishing, with a V, that's phone or, or voicemail, and smishing, <laughs> that's text messages, SMS. Often seemingly innocuous information shared through social networks and blogs can be used to develop highly convincing social engineering campaigns, which in turn are used to trick well-meaning users into compromising their organization, organization's network or assets, end quote. So what they're saying is, we've been trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty. Those are the people that they're talking about. So those if you have been, <laughs> if you've been getting those calls or if you've been getting, you know, text messages about, hey, John, we met this, we met here. And you know, your name's not John. Even if your name's John, 
you know that you're like, what are you talking about? These are what they're talking about. These are the vishing, the phone or voicemails, or they leave a voicemail. This is, we're trying to call you about your student loans, blah, 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 blah. You know, that kind of thing. Or, hey, you have this amount of time to give us a call back before we, you know, call you in to arrest you for this or this. That's all the same thing. That means your information has been compromised somewhere. Your phone number, email address, something has been compromised on the e- on the Internet. Uh, maybe you filled out a form on, you know, Twitter or Facebook uh, Instagram, or you try to buy something on one of those pages, you know, sent your number to someone whose page has been hacked or has a open page where they don't even need to hack you. You know, those are, they can get your information in any of those type of ways. And again, my, the reason why I'm even bringing this to the question or bringing attention to this is, is open source intelligence Meaning, as we just pointed out, the social media specifically, because that seems to have a net over pretty much everyone. Um, What is the end of social media? Like, what is the means to the end? What is the outcome? And was it truly something to give people entertainment or to keep people informed? Or was it to gain access to that information? That, you know, that intelligence information that you are just readily giving up on your own by your free will. And they know pretty much more than you think they know about you. They know everything about you. You tell social media everything. What you ate, where you going, who you with, who you not with, who you broke up with, who you had sex with, you know, how much money you making, what sports team you like. You know, you ever got a uh, a credit card in the mail with your favorite sports team on it? That's open source intelligence. So not only are the people who, you know, want to exploit you use it, the companies that you trust use it. The banks use it to send advertising to you, you know. So it's it's really something that needs to be reined in because it's not what they said it is. So now we know, you know, now we kind of have an idea of what open source intelligence is. So pretty much anything that's public that you put on the Internet, any social media site, any news website, if you fill out them surveys, all that stuff's public. If it, if you can, as you, you know, as we pointed out, if it can be made available at a meeting open to the public, it's open source. Can be seen or heard by a casual observer, it's open source. Meaning if you walk in pie and you hear someone, you know, playing a video of someone upset arguing or telling some tea and you can hear it by just walking by then it's considered open source and you can take that information and do what you want you see what i'm saying so if somebody's giving someone's you know credit card number 
over the phone and it can be heard just by walking by because you know people are deaf these days they everything is turned up to the max just to hear on speaker and they be standing in front of wherever they at four four three eight nine public information as according to this you know so you got to be you know really careful especially on the internet when you're doing these things and you're filling out these surveys and things like that and using social media because it seems to be a tool and a weapon rather than entertainment or a, a, a platform to stay connected even though it is that as well so as i said it's always a double-edged sword uh so with that we're going to jump into the next article here. You know, that was a little light article, you know, kind of get the questions going a little bit because I always found that very, um, very interesting because there was, you know, I don't know if any of you have read the uh, Behold a Pale Horse. I've mentioned that book before, um, but there was a a chapter in there i believe is silent weapons for silent wars or quiet weapons for quiet wars something like that and i think he was talking about social media before it before it came out because that book came out in the 90s and you know he was his house he was a naval intelligence officer whistleblower type you know and they raided his house and all that stuff he's dead now but uh yeah, it, it, if if you can go back and and go and search up that particular chapter, and um, then go back and kind of look into open source intelligence and see if that doesn't those things don't match up. Uh, but this next article here is kind of a beast of an article. Um, I'm gonna read some of it. Well, a good portion of it, and I'm going to read all of it, but uh, it, you should definitely go and check out this article. This article, you can find it at thegatewaypundit.com. Um, the author's name is Leo Homan. I think he has his own website as well, and uh, the article is titled Biden's Executive Order designed to release transhumanism hell on America. And uh, if you follow the podcast page, if you don't, please pause this episode and go follow the podcast page. Frankly speaking, podcast on Instagram. Um, If you do follow the page, you might have seen this article up on the story post. You know, I try to post some of these articles as I read them so people can get them ahead of time. However, if you haven't, uh, it will be in the show notes. So starting on with this article, let me read this little piece here. Uh, Quote, if anyone needed proof that the powers pushing the levers behind the mindless moron who sits in the Oval Office, are fully on board with the World Economic Forum, United Nations agenda of biomedical tyranny and transhumanism, look no further than the executive order that Joe Biden signed Monday, September 12th, unquote. Now, 
if you're unfamiliar with the World Economic Forum, please, please, please go use Start Page as a search engine. That's what I use. It's a more of a private search engine, but you can use and they kind of filter out some of the fluff that Google gives you. Um, but you can use Google. You can go on YouTube University, type in World Economic Forum. You're going to see their stuff pop up. And then you're going to see a lot of other people talking about the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum is where a lot of these policies that we're about to talk about and what you're about to hear in this article in the last article and some of the other articles here come out from. They're the brains of they. They're the they're the mouthpiece. They're the think tank behind when people say oh they're doing this the globalist blah 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 blah. these are the, the world economic forum united nations nato all of them they're all the same headpiece all right um so joe biden signed a an executive order on september 12th all right so and that's just last month that was just two two, three, two and a half weeks ago. All right. So the article goes on to say, excuse me, by quote, by quietly getting Biden's signature on this document, his handlers may have given us the most ominous set sign yet that we stand on a threshold of a technocratic one world beast system. Prepare to make your stand because it's about to get much more intense, unquote. Quote here, this document's Orwellian title, Executive Order on Advancing Biotechnology and Biomanufacturing Innovation for Sustainability, Safe, and Secure American Bioeconomy, will assure that its significance will fly over the heads of 99% of the media and even the conservative media, unquote. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never <laughs> in my adult life even heard of a title for an executive order, let alone uh, or anything that titling being a policy for you know government or anything this is that's one of the first times i've ever heard anything like that so if you can go and get download the executive order it's going to have a lot of technical jargon in it i do have it and i tried to read it and i read it some of the things i had to google i had to do i had to do a lot of looking up um some of the terms um in it and I was going to read it, but it, it would just be me stumbling over, you know, words that they just make up to, you know, I ain't got, we don't have time for that. So uh, this article does a pretty decent job at kind of summing up what the executive order is about. I would still go get it for yourself if you're interested in that. Um, I'll go on with the article here. Quote, they will read it and yawn. I plead with everyone reading this article to please not make that same mistake. Unquote. Quote, because of the arcane 
scientific language in which the document is written, even most of those who take the time to read and study it, and I assure you Biden did not, <laughs> will not fully grasp what is being ordered by the White House, unquote. Yeah, I'm certain that he didn't read it. You know, the author is probably spot on there. Excuse me. Something that hit my foot there. Quote, that's where we strive to help, unquote. Karen, quote, Karen Kingston, a former Pfizer employee and current analyst for the pharmaceutical and medical device industries, help us decipher what's going on in this executive order. Kingston stated in a, in a Twitter post, let me read between the lines for the America. Biden's September 12, 2020 executive order declares that Americans must surrender a all human rights that stand in the way of transhumanism. Clinical trial safety standards and informed consent will be eradicated as they stand in the way of universally unleashing gene editing technologies needed to merge humans with AI in order to achieve the social the societal goals of the new world order crimes against humanity are not only legal but mandatory end quote quote patrick wood an economist and author of several books on technocracy has been following the transhumanism and global technocracy movement for four decades he told me that Kingston is not overstating the issue. He said this EO is proof, the executive order is proof that the executive branch is now owned lock, stock and barrel by the biomedical pharmaceutical industry. It will be caddy bar the door from here on out. Unquote. Quote, the transhumanists within big pharma have completely taken over the government policy and taxpayer funds to promote their own anti-human agenda of hacking the software of life, Wood told me. It's also clearly demonstrated who has the power and who sets the policies in America, end quote. The mRNA injections that have already gone into the bodies of at least 70% of adults in the U.S., Mark the gateway to transhumanism. We have been told this by Kingston as well as the by the late Dr. Zev Zelenko and Robert Balloon, a co-inventor of the mRNA platform. LeoHoman.com was one of the first sites to blow the whistle on Moderna's former chief medical officer, Tal Zaks, who told the world straight up in December 2017, we have hacked the software of life and that this mRNA, mRNA gene editing biotechnology will be incorporated into vaccines to treat and prevent all manner of illnesses. We have seen how well they work with millions getting sick and even dying after getting two or more doses of the COVID injections offered up by Moderna and Pfizer, with the FDA and the CDC now totally on board, this, MR, 
mRNA technology is being included in scores of other vaccines, including flu shots, unquote. So even with that, right, there has been some a lot of new vaccines that have been coming out in the last month or two. I don't know if any of you have really been paying attention to that or have seen that. But for example, there is a new vaccine. I read it at the top of the show. Um, the foot and mouth disease vaccine for that MNR, MR, uh, <laughs> mRNA is the base of that vaccine. They also have one for um, Alzheimer's, another mRNA vaccine. I don't know if you are aware of that one, but they got a vaccine for Alzheimer's. Now, something like that is, is you know, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. Something like that, that's a, that's, that's a breakthrough there. Because that's a horrible, terrible illness to get. You know, I don't know if any of you have experienced anyone with dementia or Alzheimer's, but... Th- th- that might be one of the that might be the worst one on the book. Let me get a drink of water there. But um, so you know, listen carefully to what's happening because this is our future here. You see, what I'm saying, and there's been people telling us about this stuff for a long time. We didn't listen. Now it's here. Now you want to you know, try to fight back and get exemptions and all that thing. And it, you know, so it's going to work for now, you know, until they find a way around that too, until they just utterly just don't care about your, you know, any constitutional rights and all that kind of, you know, red tape stuff. They're going to bypass that too. And they're going to probably use some type of war or something like that to do it. But let's move on here. Uh, Because there's a a little bit of a bit of this article I want to get to. Excuse me. All right. So, quote, the September 12th executive order was no doubt put in place to back up the continued experimentation on the human population. Right. And I expect the vaccine industry will exploit it to the max. Soon we will see the return of vax mandates, this time more ferociously policed and enforced than before. End quote. quote. This executive order may also have been timed at the least partly in anticipation of the new pandemic treaty that Biden administration is hoping to get passed through the United Nations World Health Organization next year. This treaty would transfer sovereignty over matters of health emergencies from the national level to the World Health Organization. End quote. Quote, Wood said the EO's intended consequences is to push the frontier of genetic modifications, genetic modification of all living things and especially humans. He believes this will ultimately spark the biggest public backlash in modern history. End quote. Quote, Biden pledges not only funding, but all but an all of government transformation to support 
this anti-human scheme from top to bottom. Wood writes, it also automatically blocks any agency or department from dissent. End quote. So, who? That's a lot. <laughs> so not only will this, you know, the executive order be in a step, then the next step is to pass and sign a treaty with the World Health Organization. Um, then we're really into a, a sticky space, you know, because now we're going from fighting nationally right now to fighting internationally. And once it goes, something like this goes international, you can forget about it. You know, you're, you're, you, you, they're trying to, they're trying to do something that is not possible, but they're doing it at the same time. And that's tell you and control what you do with your own body on this plane that they did not create. They had no hand in creating and they're overstepping every boundary of life there is, you know, you see what I'm saying? And we're just sitting back and allowing them to do it. Because why didn't you not know? Why didn't you know about this executive order? And I'll just leave that out, that question out there, because uh, that's that question is to all of you. That question is to myself. That question is to your, you know, your CNNs and all that stuff that you watch all the time. You know, your mainstream media that you watch all the time your social medias did you no one talked about this executive order it was like it was signed and nobody nobody knew you know none of the negro leaders talked about it you know where's your umar johnson he didn't talk about it where's your you know uh honorable elijah muhammad he didn't talk about it no one talked about any of this and is in it, it it baffles me to think that no one knew about it. But only a certain people like this guy writing an article. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is the stuff that we need to be abreast about and keep an eye on. But it never is talked about. You got all these people trying to get in the office, but no one's talking about the stuff that's going on. Like, this is the stuff that really matters. You know, they got us worried about, you know, nonsense. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite, it's kind of scary, to be honest. So, there's a couple, there's another little piece here I want to read from this article. Um, and... Here it go or here. So, quote, below are just a few of the highlights quoted directly from the document. And now he's talking about directly from the um, the executive order. All right. First bullet here, quote, the term biotechnology means technology that applies to or is enabled by life sciences innovation 
or product development. The term biomanufacturing means the use of biological systems to develop products, tools, and processes at commercial scale. Now, as I'm reading these bullet points, think about what that means and what areas are being targeted by that. You know, we'll go back through and try to, you know, think about what specific areas or how that applies to our lives. So third point, the term bioeconomy means economic activity derived from the life sciences, particularly in areas of biotechnology and biomanufacturing and includes industries, products, services and the workforce. Bullet number four, quote, the term biological data means the information, including associated descriptors derived from the structure, function or process of a biological system or systems that is measured, collected or aggregated. For analysis. Number five, quote, the term key R&D areas include fundamental R&D of emerging biotechnologies, including engineering biology, predictive engineering of complex biological systems, including the designing, building, testing and modeling of entire living cells, cells components, or cellular systems, quantitative and theory-driven multidisciplinary research to maximize convergence with other enabling technologies and regulatory science, including the development of new information, criteria, tools, models, and approaches to inform and assist regulatory decision-making. These R&D priorities should be coupled with advances in predictive modeling, data analytics, artificial intelligence, bioinformatics, high performance and other advanced computing systems, meteorology and data-driven standards, and other non-life sciences, including technology enabling technologies, unquote. And the last bullet point here, uh, man, that's, that's like everything. Living cells, cells, components, cellular systems. Like this is complete and utter control. The last point, quote, the term life sciences means all sciences that study or use living organisms, viruses, or their products, including all disciplines of biology and all applications of the biological sciences, including biotechnology, genomics, protomics, bioinformatics, and pharmaceutical and biomedical research and techniques but excluding 
scientific studies associated with radioactive material or toxic chemicals that are not of biological origin or synthetic analogs of toxins, end quote. Woo! Man. That was a lot. That was that was a lot. You know. And and again, I mean what what doesn't fit in there as far as the biotechnology, biomanufacturing, bioeconomy, biological data, that means everything about you. That so that means everything that comes over on that Apple Watch that you know Google Watch you got the phone, you know, you still fighting over which one <laughs> which one's gonna take your data better, Apple or Google, you know, Apple or Android, which one which one is the best looking open source data collector? That's going to feed your information of everything that you do, all your biometrics back to, you know, these people here. Ultimately, they want to put all this data in the hands of the World Health Organization. Which is also ran by the World Economic Forum. And if you want to get a little bit more information on that kind of stuff, the foundations of that stuff, you know, you can Google up the or look up the search up the Macy Foundation. That's where all that kind of, I believe that's where that stuff kind of started from. I had to take you down a rabbit hole, really, for sure, there. The article goes on to say, quote, what this means is that human beings will be data mined for their most personal possession, their DNA and genomic properties, and the government will offer no protection. Quote, it will actually be encouraged and seen as a green light for biomedical practitioners worldwide. It is the goal of techno, the sorry, it is the goal of the technocratic prior proprietors of Agenda 2030 to catalog, map out, and monitor every living thing on Earth. Unquote. All right. So um, you can go ahead and get that article and I'll post it in the show notes. So that kind of laid the foundation. So we got an executive order from the president of the United States of America. You know, kind of demanding because that's what an executive order is. It's a demand that all biometric all bio living beings be monitored on earth and controlled basically you see what i'm saying and so from that basis of that transhumanist executive order to you know this document here uh this one is pretty interesting because this here is also another one where if you do the research on the Macy Foundation, you'll kind of get a good 
understanding of what this whole transhumanism thing is all about because that's kind of where it started you know i've read up on it a little bit um some years ago i was uh reading up on um some when the ai thing that finally when it really started coming out maybe about i don't know six years ago and i came across uh you know an article about transhumanism and then you know it was a little flurry of you know other people and pi- other you know researchers and stuff talking about it and then it kind of died down and then this thing kind of took off in front of, you know right after that and now it's kind of back up again because of the you know vaccine and all that stuff what's happening with the gene editing it's kind of back in public eye you know this article you can get from the daily saba.com and the, the title is and again i'll post it in the show notes the title is transhumanism and future of humanity towards digital slavery and uh I'm going to jump into this one. Uh, this one's not as long as the other one, but there's a lot of information in this one. A lot to unpack here. So, you know, man, I'm just thinking about all of the things that we've been told to look up and to trust, et cetera, et cetera, and look as look at what's been happening you know they've been these corporations and governments are in cahoots with each other it's almost like baby fascism almost you know we're at the the steps of it you know the beginning stages of it or the last i don't know 30 years or so um probably since i've been born and born in the 80s so you know Right before then, to be honest, I mean, think about the lobbying. I mean, that's pretty much what lobbying is. It's the doorway, I think, the door, the gateway to fascism, because fascism is when your governments and your corporations kind of become one. You know, and there's no real distinction between the two and you have a corporate government. Excuse me, get some water there. And, um. You know, that's kind of what fascism is. But more on on that in a later time. So the article quotes from its historical roots to the 21st century tech revolution, transforming human lives across the globe. Here are the aims of the transhumanist movement. And. In, quote, in the late 19th century, a society called X Club was founded by a group of scientists in England. The X in the title of the club, where Charles Darwin gave lectures from time to time, symbolized change and evolution according to his esoteric beliefs. The most famous member of the club, also known as X-Men, Take it, yep, the X-Men, where do you think that came? Look, 
this truth is stranger than fiction you know what i'm saying and this stuff you can't make this stuff up like this stuff is way beyond any movie that we've been watching and this is why a lot of people a lot of those guys on youtube when they're decoding these movies they're so enthusiastic about it because the truth of it is stranger than the actual fiction of it the fiction is the fantasy part they making it kind of grandiose but the truth of it even though there are kernels of the truth in those fictions but the actual truth is far far more than the fiction it can ever be you know but i'm going to say here quote also known as x-men were social darwinists herbert spencer and biologist thomas henry huxley end quote so i mean i'm sure some of you have definitely heard of uh huxley and you'll you'll if you don't well you'll know in a minute quote in fact huxley was the one who asked Darwin to pin the theory of evolution he had shaped in his mind for years. So Darwin wasn't really the one that came up with it. It was Huxley. Huh. Let's continue on here. Quote, along with the theory of evolution, Darwin introduced the notion of Kabbalah. That the human mind would develop into a god as a result of evolution to the world of science and he built the infrastructure of this belief among scientists the club supported by capitalists with very strong connections choose the scientists of the time who believed in creation and ensured that the theory of evolution was accepted by the public the theory of evolution began to appear in textbooks in england huxley was the member who demonstrated the most effort in the lectures and conferences he gave, unquote. Quote, inspired by Darwin and examinations of his idea, German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche introduced the idea of Ubermenschen. <laughs> I can't pronounce that word. Hold on a second. Let me let me look it up. Give me one second. Okay, it is Ubermensch. All right. So he quote Nietzsche introduced the idea of Ubermensch or Superman, taking humanity to the next stage in evolution in the eugenic scene. Unquote. Now, if you have been as soon as you heard X Men. And soon as you heard Superman, if you're thinking about the DC and Marvel comics, you're on the right path. Because those characters don't just come from nowhere. Those characters are the ideas of these men. And again, go and look up the Macy Foundation. You know what I'm saying? And you'll go down a path, the World Economic Forum, the Macy Foundation, all that stuff is the basis well the macy foundation and all that is that's the basis of these guys here and you know after these guys put whatever they the groundwork in then the macy foundation the world you know the world economic forum people all them people came into play you see what i'm saying and 
it's a it's a whoo it's a rabbit hole there like i said i don't i the little bit of information i did look up the macy foundation it's maybe i'll do an episode on them just by themselves because they're kind of the forerunners of this whole thing so get back to the article because this is getting good uh super you know quote okay and superman taking humanity to the next stage in evolution in the eugenic scene quote hitler who was a fan of nietzsche and saw himself as a superman began to work towards creating a super a superior race the scientists who carried out these studies in germany moved to the u.s following world war ii and established a cybernetics group under the control of the central intelligence agency research would no longer be focused on race but on medicine and technology now and i'm gonna read that again after World War II, let me just paraphrase, after World War II, right, they established a cybernetics group. So those German scientists that were there were moved here. They started, so these are the same scientists that were, you know, being called out for the atrocities and, you know, war crimes and all that came to the U.S., after World War II, established a cybernetic group and were in line with the CIA at the time. That's why the CIA was created. And the research would no longer be focused on race, but medicine and technology. What did we just read about the executive order? All right, so keep that in mind. Biden's executive order on the 12th now the research from the cybernetic group focused on medicine and technology that means they put both of those together because medicine is technology let's move on here big brother quote the fabian society in england wanted to establish the socialite the socialist new world order under the control of the capitalists however they did not want to do it the same way as in Soviet Russia. Instead, they sought out they sought to carry out revolutions using excuse me, using an evolutionist approach. The members of the society did not remove Nietzsche's work from their bedside. The society, which involved Huxley's science fiction student H. G. Wells included two famous writers unquote so now you start to see (laughs) how this all came into the people's how this all came into the public psyche right so you got huxley who was really the brain the father of the theory of evolution his student was hg wells well who's hg wells quote these two writers who put forth two dystopias that is two visions of the future of the world where George Orwell and Huxley's grandson Aldous Huxley 
in both Orwell's 1984 and Huxley's Brave New World. The world is ruled by a certain party, a certain class. The concept of family disappears and a socialist order dominates society. The main difference between the two novels is that people in 1984 are forcefully enslaved by the party while the characters love slavery in Brave New World. Huxley not only wrote the novel, but also went to the U.S. and participated in the work to create a Superman with the team there. So how's that? Right? <laughs> two, two of the, the quote-unquote best, I don't know, dystopian scientific you know, science fiction books ever written, right? Come to find out they were written to pretty much prime and program the masses to get ready for what's about to happen. And what's happening right now is a mixture of both. Don't you be fooled by it. You have some who are being forced, i.e. vaccines. And then you have some who are who loves it, who willingly took it and questioned nothing about it. And now they're seeing the consequences of it. So again, you got 1984 who were forcefully enslaved. And then you got brave new world who they love slavery. They loved it. They thought it was, it was blissful. They hadn't, they own it come from that book brave new world they did a series about the brave new world i don't know if any of you watched it or not but you can look it up i don't remember what network it was on but it was a it's a series called the brave new world you'll own nothing and be happy isn't that kind of what's going on right now they building up so many skyscraper buildings and everything every a lot of people's renting more people is renting right now than ever in history they don't own known places and they happy. They got these luxury apartments, $2,000, $2,500, $5,000 to rent a couple square feet in a building somewhere. You don't own that building. They can take it from you anytime they want. And you're just happy as, happy as can be. Got your whole foods right down the street or underneath of you. You ain't questioning nothing. <laughs> Man. Quote, while Aldous Huxley was conducting research on LSD to control the human mind in the U.S., his brother, Julian Huxley, introduced the term transhumanism. So you see how the family works? See what's going on? Quote, to the, lit to the literature in his book, Religion Without Revolution, I mean, sorry, Religion Without Revelation, quote, transhumanism humanity plus is a term used to describe people going beyond their current physical and mental limits through science and technology. According to the transhumanists, science since, since human evolution had stopped, it was necessary to push it forward using machines and drugs. End quote. What did we just read in the last article? Keep, I keep going back to it because now you're starting to see the foundation that's being led. That's being laid too. so we had these people, the Huxley's, the, 
you know, theory of evolution and all that. That was, uh, you know, the groundwork for this stuff. They've been working and adding to it. Boom, boom, boom. And now you get the executive order. So let's move on to this. You know, so and now we're reading about this little bit of history here, where it came from and how it started to all the way up to the executive order and what's happening now with the vaccines and things like that. Go on here. Quote, one of Julian's favorite friends, who was also the first UNESCO director, was the Jesuit priest Pierre Tillyhard de Chardin. I hope I said that right. Tilehard was known as a Catholic Darwin. He was a leading actor in the Piltdown Man Fraud. In which the human skull and orangutan jaw were combined to dis- combined to demonstrate the transitional form in evolution, a development that went down in history as a scandal. Deschardins believed that the minds of all people would unite at a higher level of consciousness, which he called nosphere, meaning mind sphere. End quote. So he basically made up something <laughs> and tried to say that was the way of evolution. He took a orangutan jaw and a human skull, put them together and like, oh, look, this is the, you know, the way evolution was going to go. They're going to they going to make it even if it's not going that way. They're going to make it seem like it is. Mm. Let's move on to the next part of this article. Internet. Quote, studies in the U.S. bore fruit in short time. Personal computers brought the Internet into our lives and the ubiquitous WWW, which can be read as three walls, meaning 666 in Hebrew and according and according to the abjad, which is also the sign of the Antichrist, according to the Bible. PCs have replaced the drug LSD, the network which the Jesuit de Chardin called Nosphere and H.G. Wells called the World Brain, was thus brought to life through computers and other electrical devices. End quote. I told you because we just read it. We just read it. In the last two articles. You know, we just read the open source intelligence, which is the Internet. The whole Internet is open source intelligence, excuse me, for the most part. It told you 99 percent of the Internet is open source. And what do you know, like, you can't make this stuff up, man. I'm not. And that's why I'm reading it from the articles, because I feel like if I was to get on here and just say, yo, this is what's happening, like, oh, you be like, all right, bro. Like, where are you getting this stuff from? Where, where, like, wh-? so I'm reading it from them. This is the, this is their publications writing this stuff. All right. Quote: 
Now, all the conversations we had over the Internet, all the messages and pictures we send, all the preference we click, that is all the information that introduces us better than ourselves is collected in the background. And this is called big data. When a sufficient level of knowledge and technology is reached, the plan is for big data to turn into big brother thanks to artificial intelligence. The God of transhumanists that will take its place at the top of the pyramid and take control from human hands. Transhumanists. Next section. Quote. Although they have esoteric beliefs, transhumanists do not believe in the soul and instead see the human brain as a machine. They believe immortality will be possible by transferring the human mind to servers or other bodies slash machines. They are agnostic in their community and as as well as atheists like Max Moore the head of the Alcor Society, who deals with in order to resurrect people in the future through technology. In his article entitled In In Praise of the Devil, Moore says Lucifer means light bearer, light bringer. The story is that God threw Lucifer out of heaven because Lucifer had started to question God. Lucifer is the embodiment of reason, of intelligence, of critical thought. He stands against the dogma of God and other dogmas. He stands for the exploration of new ideas. God also hates it when we enjoy ourselves. If we let ourselves experience too much pleasure, then we might lose interest in obeying him. Join me. Join Lucifer and join Extropy and fighting God and his entropic forces, entropic forces with our minds, our wills and our courage. End quote. So, I mean, you pretty much hear what some of these people are really into and what they're really following. Oh, man. You know, what are you going to do, right? And, and these are the individuals who, you know, as we've just read over the last three articles, including this one, that these people are in positions to, you know, make policy decisions. And this is what they this is what they want. You know, these dystopian movies that we see all the time, The Matrix and all the rest of them, Elysium, uh, you know, uh, total recall all of the they live all of these movies man they they're putting pieces and breadcrumbs out there to let you know what they want to happen and we create it for them because it's in our psyche they're, they they capture the minds of the children and they grow up and create a mind reader they grow up and create a time machine they grow up and create these things so this is how they continue to stay in power because they put these things in front of us and we create it for them we create their reality for them because they cannot do it themselves and that's the and that's the part 
Yeah, I mean, but uh, let's continue on here. Next section, cyborgs, right? All right. Quote, today, many projects are carried out by transhumanists with the aim of transforming people. Since there are still places in the world that do not have Internet and electricity, Google's X company and Facebook are spending millions to ensure that those who do not even have water to drink can benefit from the blessings of the Internet. Former ex-employee Mary Lou Jepson is striving to develop an MRI machine that can be worn as a beacon and read minds. Elon Musk, the owner of SpaceX, is working on Neuralink project in which clips and electrodes will be added to the brain and body to connect a, connect us to the network like computers. DARPA, research and development agency, which serves the U.S. Army, is experimenting with cyborg soldiers with chips in their brains. The X-Prize Foundation of Transhumanists also organized competition in hopes of reaching new world as soon as possible. Reaching the new world as soon as possible, end quote. In the last piece here, brave new world order. <laughs> it's always a new world order, right? Quote, we have stepped into the new world with new advents like robots, genetic engineering, virtual reality, brain and space exploration, nanotechnology, artificial intelligence, cybernetics, and synthetic biology, to name a few developments. Esoterics, who were unable to evolve spiritually due to being on the wrong path, are realizing it physically and synthetically through technology, almost like a magician. End quote. And I want to add this in here because it, that piece speaks very highly about the technology, right? I don't know if any of you have, have ever heard of the saying that advanced technology or new technology is like magic. You know, and if you ever seen some a, a technology that you don't understand, maybe even the phone, you it's like it just works. Right. I think that's one of their one of their slogans. I don't I can't remember which tech company it is. It just works, you know. It's like magic. I think it was Apple, wasn't it? They were using stuff like that. It's like magic. Oh, the phone is just like magic. Because they're hacking. That's what they're doing. Right? Because that's what they said in the last three articles. Including this one. Quote, well, what we will do when the day comes what will we do when the day comes that a chip is implanted into our brains like in the Matrix or when a drug in the movie Lucy and Limitless are introduced into the market? Will we resist or will we form cues in the front of stores like when a new phone model comes out? I believe the second possibility would become a reality. After all, we live in a brave new world, one where we are unwilling 
to give up our phones and internet even after reading this article and slavery is relished. As Elon Musk said, we have already turned into cyborgs thanks to computers and smartphones, which we cannot drop or operate without. All that remains is to install these technologies beneath the skin surface. End quote. So you tell me what you all think. You know, and there was a couple of more articles I had. I'll just what I'll do is I'll just uh, read the read the uh, the titles of them and you can go ahead and grab them and pull them down yourself. Um, this one from Natural News. Federal Reserve goes authoritarian authoritarian set to force banks to adopt social credit score for customers similar to communist China. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the social credit score system, I will Google it or whatever you ping, bing it, you, you, Yahoo it, whoever search engine you use. Uh, but I kind of want to stop promoting them. I just say search engine, you know, because who cares about Google? They're not the, um, the end all be all. So put it in your search engine. And I like start page personally, but um, and type in social credit score in China or 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 you can go watch Black Mirror. There was an episode that had the social credit score in it. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, yep, here it is. Uh, what was the name of that episode? It's called Nosedive. The Black Mirror episode is called Nosedive. If you want to see the social credit score in live action on a screen, go watch Nosedive. All right. So, <laughs> you know, so that's that article and that article is very interesting because, again, that's coming with the, the reset that's that they're trying to push. So they're trying to crash the system at the same time, go into a war because they're not going to be able to crash the system without that war. And no one's going to stand for that. There's no reason why we would accept something like that. But if we're in a world war or something close to it, then they can crash the system and say, oh, you know, it's too much strain on the infrastructure. Boom. So now when it comes back up and the war ends in about a year or two, uh, they're going to say, well, because it crashed, we can't rely on our old system anymore. We got to go with a new, secure, safer system. And boom, you're now on the completely digital system. No more paper money. No more none of that. Gone. Another article I we you know I didn't get to that I think is a good foundation of uh, knowledge to have, you know, background per se would be the agenda 20 ID 2020. I'm not sure if you are aware of this, but um, this article was written, written um, last year. Uh, agenda ID 2020 of the one world order, the one on one to understanding its implications. And you can get this article at Global Research. 
Ca. Another article that they re- they wrote that I had came across is, um, and it seems to be a three part that they link to, but this one is called "Citizens' Brains." Citizens' brain is the battlefield in twenty first century warfare. You know, in a little excerpt of this article, NATO has, quote, NATO has added the traditional domains, added to the traditional domains of warfare, land, sea, air, space and cyberspace. A new one, the cognitive domain. This is not just about imposing certain ideas or behaviors as in traditional propaganda and psyops, but about modifying cognition influencing the process by which we ourselves arrive at ideas, insight, beliefs, choices, and behaviors. The target is not primarily an enemy army, but the citizen. End quote. So, again, that goes back to the um, the first article about the open source intelligence, because that's how what that's most likely what they'll use and they're already doing it. You know, that's the crazy part about it. Well, it's not crazy, but that's the that's the irony and the nefarious part about it is that this stuff is already happening. They're already using social media to do that. You know, they already create mentoring candidates through social media and technology where they can beam things into they have technology where they can beam thoughts and they can see what you see and hear what you hear like that stuff is already in motion already been in motion you know what i'm saying so you know and the articles and the research is out there even from their own publications the cnn's and they talk about some of the stuff sometimes when they're you know they get tired of lying and misleading you they'll put a little article up there from time to time just gotta catch it you know so with that my mind is blown to be honest when i read these articles originally i i was just i was stunned i was stunned for a while after reading them Because mm-hmm. I was going to do this episode last week, but <laughs> after reading those articles, I had to take a step back for a minute. I had to really process what I was reading. You know, so I appreciate you if you were able to stay through this one. It's a little bit of a longer one, but I hope that you kind of get what I'm putting down here. And you kind of take this and read those articles again for yourself and really find a way and put a plan together for yourself and your family. If you have a family or for yourself, at least for yourself, you know, put a plan together to try to mitigate some of your access to their open source weaponry. You know, it it had it's open source because it's more. It's like a, you know, a bug light to a fly. The open source is like, oh, what's this? I can just use this for, for like this. What's going on? Everybody else is on it. And they got you. And you're in the net. 
the 5G, the Neuralink, all of this stuff. This is not conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. This is true life. This is the reality that we have in front of us. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to bid you a peace. Be safe. Do your due diligence. And remember to, when you're reading these articles from any source, you know, go into it with a skeptical mind, whether it's alternative or not. You know, you still want to do your own critical thinking about it. And I don't... Don't just take what I just read or what I say is truth or anyone for that matter. Always questioning things because the questions are how you get your answers back from the universe. And when you ask the correct question, you know, you really see a difference in how the information flows and comes back to you. All right. So peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Frankly Speaking Podcast. Again, I can't stress enough. Please, when you're reading these articles, make sure if you're going to go down that route that you, you know, look into it and and go into it with a curiosity and a critical thinking. And thank you again for supporting the podcast. Please like, subscribe rate the podcast wherever you're listening to the podcast if you'd like to support the podcast you can send any donations no matter how small or large to the link uh, the donation link in the show notes and again you can find all of the articles and a couple of other articles that i'll post in the show notes as well thank you so much be safe